0: show um i'm not going to number this episode because uh this is going to be kind of a a weird show for us um we've got a couple normal topics to talk about uh and then we're going to talk about some stuff that we don't talk about on a regular basis and that's going to be uh the world of professional wrestling so (laughs) um so um first of all i'm matt and then sitting in uh this week is ryan who we have had on the show before um although as of yet, that episode hasn't been posted, but you'll hear it soon. Uh, Eddie is out uh, again, and there's a very specific reason for that. Uh, first of all, um, Eddie and I are totally cool. We're we're not fighting. It's not anything to do with that. Um, we've had a lot of deaths in the last uh, two, three weeks uh, that we haven't really had an opportunity to address. Uh, First and foremost, um, I want to send my condolences to Eddie's family, as he lost his mother-in-law a couple weeks ago, uh, which is why he's been absent, and Debbie is uh, a lady that I have known for probably 15, 16 years, Um, and knowing that family firsthand, Eddie's wife Ashley and her mom were not like mother-daughter. They were more like uh, best friends the entire time I knew them, so... Uh, it's been pretty hard. Uh, Eddie's been uh, obviously home supporting his family um, as well as trying to fulfill his work obligations and stuff. so um, again, condolences to their family and and obviously it's not something you can recover from quickly. so uh, that's that's that. Uh, it, my words aren't really gonna do it justice uh, b- uh, but it's all I've got at this point. So uh, anyway, so on to some other things. Um, more, more death. We have a lot of, a lot of deaths happening. Now, uh, uh, this kind of goes hand in hand with what we're talking about tonight. Uh, the bulk of our show with the professional, uh, prof- professional wrestling and China.
1: Yes, China,
0: uh, China. Um, Ryan, uh, like myself, is is a is a big fan of professional wrestling. Um, might might be bigger than me, maybe. Maybe I,
1: I mean I did do it professionally for two years so (laughs) one or two years somewhere on there yeah
0: um so i was never the kind of guy that tuned in every week specifically to watch china although i understand uh what she did for the business obviously um i kind of have my feelings about the direction they took with her um i probably wouldn't have had her win the intercontinental championship uh although that did lead to some some storylines that fleshed out later on that were that were good um but uh I mean ultimately what it what it comes down to is is she did entertain us for several years and uh, I've seen a lot of stuff on the internet since her, her passing and uh, a lot of negative negativity and it's just it's not really called for because the same people that are probably using all the negative comments or making the negative comments rather uh probably watched stuff through the mid 90s or late 90s and, and early 2000s uh with as much enthusiasm as I did so Yeah,
1: I mean, there's no reason for it considering everything that she's done for the business and she put women's professional... She's one of the pioneers of women's professional wrestling and making it a staple in the WWE. So I feel like people bagging her for whatever she's done recently is just wrong.
0: Yeah, um, and she's a lady that, uh, I mean, she's got her demons. I think we all do to some extent. And hers maybe ran a little bit deeper than, than other people's uh, tend to. But either way, I mean, she had a really, really good run uh, at, at, at the top. I mean, there was nobody that was doing the things that she was doing um, at the level that she was doing them at during, during that time. Uh, so, I mean, backstage politics aside, whatever you want to say caused – her to to ultimately leave the world of professional wrestling i mean nobody knows except for her and you know the the powers that be so that's that is what it is and i'm i for one i'm not going to sit here and conjecture about it anymore i'm kind of done with that whole thing so uh yeah i mean it's a shame she was too young she was 46 years old i think when she passed So
1: I think what I heard 45, I believe she was 45 years old and going back to the intercontinental championship thing that you stated, it would have been a lot more pioneering if they had continued on with something with more women of that section, like Beth Phoenix, for instance, going on to doing like US championship or something like that, or even their cruiserweight when it was around having people like Victoria in there. I think it would have done something, added more to the business, saying that hey, women can move up to these situations. Maybe not world heavyweight championship, obviously. Right. But moving to like that next step of the business, and as high as it could go, would probably be intercontinental, U.S. or cruiserweight. At those times.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I, she just wasn't utilized very well as as the IC champion. Um, no, I, although sure. I did like the the, uh, I have mixed feelings. I, I should say. I mean, it it, it was the Jeff Jarrett angle, uh, which is a story in and of itself. How he ended up leaving um, the the last match, but uh, I mean that that piece of it, um, it was it was probably good TV at the time. You know the ratings and things like that. I just didn't really like where they went with it after. Um, and then later on, they ended up having her become the women's champion. Uh, Which is, I mean, you've been the IC champion, and now all of a sudden you're the women's champion. I don't want to say it's a step back because obviously uh, we've talked about this before. I'm probably one of the bigger feminists on the planet, Uh, but it's obviously it's not where she was, you know, two years prior when she won the women's belt. So
1: yeah, I mean, well, back in the day, like going from the intercontinental champion to women's champion, being in her stature that. In that time frame, yeah, it would be a step down if you look at it from a title's perspective. In that time period nowadays, I mean, they just equalized the women's championship with the heavyweight championship, right? Which and,
0: and that's good. I, I'm I'm happy that they um, did that yeah. finally. Uh, that's that's always been kind of a source of contention with me. I hate the the whole Divas. I hated that term. belt so much. I, I, well, I didn't like the diva's belt, and even less than that, I didn't like the, uh, the the. I mean, the term diva's just so fucking, I'm over it at this point. You know what I mean?
1: It should have never have come to that, ever. Right. They should have just stayed a women's championship, bar none. That's just the way it should have been. I mean, it was like that in the 90s when I got back into it. So, I think that having it st- Leveled out with the males champions. I mean, like this is the prize if you want to be a women wrestler. That's what you go for.
0: Right. Yeah, and and so that's I mean nowadays I think that makes more sense. And I think you probably I mean, if if what is happening with the women's division was happening back then, um, I honestly don't know that there would she. That's the thing is she was such a a monster. She was. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, she was just like, she was tall and lean and just...
1: Physically, she was imposing compared right. to all of her other competitors. There, there was no
0: other women that could even come close to doing no. what she was doing in the ring. And so that's what made it hard because you couldn't just slap the women's belt on her at that point in time. Because there there's there wasn't. no conceivable way for any of the women on the roster at that time to beat her. No. so
1: There wasn't at all. They were all too dainty and small.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's just one of the one of the deaths we're dealing with at this point um we also lost uh a couple of musicians. The first one we'll talk about obviously is prince i mean this has been uh both both China and Prince have been a couple of weeks past now but uh ryan's a musician and and I am a a big fan of of prince and uh what i wanna what i wanna say about Prince more than anything is as much as everybody's pretty familiar with his more popular recordings things like that. Uh, what a lot of people don't know about Prince unless they really have followed his career is that he is one of the best guitar players to ever walk the face of the earth. This is true. Um, and, and I put a link up on the, uh, on the site. So by the time you guys hear this, it'll be there. It's a YouTube video and it's actually a, um, it's, I think it's from uh, a hall of fame induction. Um, and it's Tom Petty, um, singing, uh, while my guitar gently weeps, and he's accompanied by Jeff Lynn. Um, and, uh, uh, Danny Harrison, George, George Harrison's uh, son. Um, uh, but more importantly, Prince actually comes in, uh, he's kind of toward the end of it. Um, but the things that he does with his guitar and, and the enthusiasm that he does while he's doing it, uh, it's awesome. I mean, when you watch this video and you see the, the, the looks he's giving to Danny Harrison while he's playing the song that Danny's dad wrote mm-hmm. and and poured his heart and soul into it's amazing. So uh, check that video out, and and uh, and we also put an article from the Nerdist up there too that talks about his guitar playing because Prince, in his mind, um, as much as he was a singer songwriter, he was always a guitar player first. Even it might not have showed in a lot of his more popular recordings, things like that. But that's that was his instrument of choice, and he did it well.
1: He was he was flat out just an artist in general. I mean, everything that I've heard from even newer recordings of him it's always been musicality over anything else i mean i mean he had fights over the label that he was in on his name he became a symbol rather than a name he's like dude i don't want your bullshit fuck this i'm out it's this is what i love i'm not gonna have you tarnish that like he stayed true to who he was what he did Everything, and I respect him for that. And he was a phenomenal performer. Artist-wise, he did his own stuff. It wasn't this people writing his own lyrics, people writing his songs for him. None of that. He did it all. It was, it's it's a beautiful thing. You don't get that very often.
0: Yeah. Um And I've heard numerous reports from different people that have known Prince and, and been to Paisley Park and whatnot. Um, the dude has vaults. Of stuff that we've never even heard. and I don't doubt it. It'll be interesting to me to see if we get at some point to hear some of that stuff that he had held back.
1: I think that we will because I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan being a metal person. I know it's funny and ironic. I'm a huge MJ fan. But MJ had a lot of songs that he'd recorded that after he passed, they started making albums with these songs and just modernized them from when they were actually made. So I Tupac, think that... Tupac, I think, had like three records released. Did he?
0: Yeah, after death. So, I mean, not uncommon, but I mean, and and Prince, as my understanding, uh, at least to my understanding, doesn't have any uh, kind of will or anything like that. So No, I don't think it'll so. it'll be interesting to see what happens.
1: Yeah, I think well, everybody's looking to make a dollar, so I think especially in the entertainment business, I think that we could see Prince songs come out through the year, the next several years because of how much he had.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll follow the story too for a little while. Just I mean to kind of see when or, or if we get to see any of the the unreleased tracks that Prince recorded. Um, he's got videos that he, that he shot and never released a whole bunch of different stuff. Go
1: ahead. I'm trying to pick up and I can't, <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking over here and I'm not coming in. Yeah. Um,
0: and then lastly, um, somebody that I wanted to talk about that actually didn't get any media coverage. He actually died. I think the day after Prince, uh, is a guitar player by the name of Lonnie Mack. Never heard of him. Have you heard of Stevie Ray Vaughan?
1: Well, yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> Lonnie Mack is uh, probably the single biggest inspiration as in terms of guitar style that Stevie Ray Vaughan had. Okay. Um, dude was a pioneer. Uh, the uh, lots of people use whammy bars, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Lonnie Mack was—I don't know if he was the first to do it, but he was one of the definitely one of the first to be noticed doing it. Um, where when he would do a solo, he would actually hold the whammy bar as he was picking the notes at the same time and create just this amazing,
1: just like these weird, but
0: like... I don't even want to say weird because like the music that he made while he was doing it made sense, but it was, I mean, he kind of pioneered that whole thing and, and Steve Ray Vaughn adopted it as well. Um, and just a ridiculous good guitar player, uh, very bluesy, obviously, um in fact there's a uh, we I included a video it's actually him and Steve Ravon.
1: Oh that'd be cool. Uh,
0: playing together on stage. Uh he Lonnie Mac uh was a big fan of the Flying V and you know who's not.
1: Me. <laughs> Come on. I fucking hate the V. I'm not going to lie. His
0: his his V uh and the sounds that he made with that thing they're they're amazing. Uh so we put that video up as well. Um and I just I wanted to mention Lonnie because again um I mean, I'm sitting here with somebody who is a musician uh, for all intents and purposes. It, it should be familiar with, with a lot of blues style uh, guitar player playing since, you know, guitar solos are a big deal. They are. Um, and they're very blues driven.
1: Unless you're a rhythm player.
0: Right. <laughs> you, you play some leads sometimes, though. Yeah, sometimes. So, you know what I mean. Um, but a lot of people don't know who he is. And, and Stevie Ray Vaughan, of course, passed... Um, at an early age as well. And uh, probably had he stuck around longer, I think more people might've been exposed to Lonnie Mac because I Stevie Ray Vaughn yeah. was uh, always very thankful to Lonnie for his influences and things like that. So um, check him out. If you haven't heard of Lonnie Mac, uh, watch the video and uh, you're not going to hate it. Trust me.
1: I, yeah, I will find it. I will look <laughs> up Lonnie Mac. I will look up Lonnie Mac.
0: So um, uh, let's talk about some less depressing stuff now.
1: Okay, but well, yeah, Does that sound it good? sounds good. Yeah. I don't want to cry anymore. Um, how about Punisher? You like the Punisher? Uh, who doesn't like the Punisher?
0: Do you want to? Do you want a Punisher TV
1: series? Uh, of course. Because
0: Netflix says yes.
1: After Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds fucking
0: great. Netflix says they're going to do a Punisher series. I and I don't recall having heard whether or not this was this was actually a thing before. I knew we were doing a Luke Cage. Um, I knew we were doing the. Um,
1: jessica jones and the defenders the defenders is what i was going for yeah Um, i know that daredevil is going to introduce the defenders
0: right but i did not hear anything about a punisher series until after we had john barenthal as punisher in the season two of daredevil so pretty excited about that because his portrayal of the punisher is my favorite hands down and i honestly i was all aboard the why why can't we give um Tom Jane, Jane, more screen time as Punisher, and then I saw John Barenthal, and I was like, you know what? This is it. Fuck that. This is is the guy right here. Yeah. And and nothing against Tom Jane. I I love Tom Jane. He was good,
1: yes. But there was something that John Barenthal did with the Punisher and his emotion and the way that he brought that to the character as to why he had the reason as to what he was doing. And you could see it in his face, and it gave it that realism of, yeah, it makes sense as to why he's doing this. He has that motivation. And I got that more out of John Barenthal than I did uh, Tom Jane.
0: Yeah. I, I will say this. Tom Barenthal had the advantage of being in a series that was completely created and controlled. Well, I mean, not created necessarily because it's a Marvel thing, but Netflix – Netflix is is the one airing the series I mean this is a straight to Netflix thing Um, they don't have to worry about whether or not somebody's going to slap them with an NCAA or NC-17 rating or anything like that Netflix can do basically whatever they want they've got license to do it and give the Punisher the ability to be as violent as we've seen him in the comics and things like that so Tom J never really had that opportunity
1: no he didn't he was Uh, stuck with the uh,
0: movie ratings Although there is a Punisher short film uh fan fan film on Netflix um it's called The Dirt, Punisher Dirty Laundry. Dirty
1: Laundry. I saw it, it starring was Tom Jane. Tom Jane. It is fucking good.
0: Yeah. Uh, so check it. that out. It was I think it was shot by the same guy that did the um, Power Rangers fan film um that had Katie Sock- Excuse me, Katie Sackhoff and um uh, uh, uh the Dawson.
1: Name? Yes. <laughs> I can't remember his name.
0: Uh nope. Vanderbeek.
1: Yes, Vanderbeek. Yeah.
0: So, I thought that was cool, too. Yeah, that was really cool. So yeah, check those out, too, if you want. Um, all right. Uh, so we also have um, a little bit of news. Speaking of Power Rangers, that was a segue without even knowing it was a segue. I know. Weird. Crazy. Um, So we got our first images a couple weeks ago of uh, Elizabeth Banks as Reader Repulsa. And the thing about Elizabeth Banks, you can't make her not hot. You can't, No, oh, yeah, you cannot. Open. So... Uh, We'll put a link in there from the Entertainment Weekly article that this was uh, featured in and stuff. Um, You get to see a little bit of her costume. She looks a little dirty. Like she might have been in a dumpster for a while, but, you know, I'd hit it.
1: She looks like she, like, had some glue and rolled in some kryptonite. Something, yeah. But regardless, still hot. Yeah. I do wish they kept some of the classic elements. As far as like the headband that they have with the gem, stuff like that. Kinda
0: of wondering it'll be it'll be neat if she talks, but then her mouth isn't synced right. <laughs> <laughs> Rangers. Uh, yes, all la uh, classic Power Rangers. So Oh man. Um not a lot of news on this front because this movie I don't think is set to hit uh, theaters until twenty seventeen. Do you think
1: we'll see putties? I hope so. That would be
0: great. I'd like to see a putty that actually scares me instead of a That's dude in a, in a gray unitard. Just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, other movie news that we have coming up. Uh, we have a Warcraft trailer, a new one. Um, Ryan actually just watched it before we I did, jumped I did. on here. Um, what'd you think?
1: I thought it looked spectacular. The dubstep music took me out of it. But other than that, it looks like a visual spectacle, and I hope that this movie is very successful because I want to see video games, much as the way comic books have, go into this explosive cinematic silver screen phase. What you
0: didn't you didn't like Super Mario Brothers?
1: No, that was awful.
0: Or uh, Battleship Tomb
1: or Tomb Raider. First one was okay. I'll give it that.
0: There's something to be said for either either of those movies. I mean, neither one of them I, I would say sucked necessarily. Um, and I thought Angie Jolie at the time was probably perfect, perfect for Tomb Raider. Yeah, I will. For, she was Lara. perfect
1: for Tomb Raider for but, Laura Croft. But as far as like, they just have a bad reputation of just being bad. Well, they're I dated mean, now.
0: You know, they don't hold up. If you watch them now, it's not.
1: No, I mean, there was a Mortal Kombat film that was supposed to be made that hasn't been done yet. The guy that did, I don't know if you've seen it or not there's this guy that did this fan trailer much like the power rangers one and then i have seen it okay you have yeah fucking awesome Uh uh-huh he got signed on to do it and then he pulled off because it took so long and they haven't gotten anything going the first mortal guilty pleasure of mine i love the first mortal kombat second was terrible terrible awful and then super mario brothers failed so i'm hoping that with this warcraft and soon to be Assassin's Creed. I'm hoping that Warcraft and these two films kick off something much like comic book movies, where they haven't. Yeah, nailed it out here's of the, park. the thing:
0: Mortal Kombat was never as story driven. You know what I mean? Um, World of Warcraft and and the Warcraft games that came before it have always been a continuation of a bigger story. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of cool because my understanding of the Warcraft movie it is, is it is kind of taking us back to the first meeting between um, the orcs and the humans. And the humans. Yes. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited to kind of see the story told on screen. Um, video games, here's the thing. When I play a video game, I kind of want to play the video game. So if there's a lot of cinematics that I have to sit through before I get to it, I kind of am bored by the time I even get to start playing. You know what I mean? So I never really paid attention a lot to the actual like how I got to the point where I was actually playing the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, okay. These guys good, these guys bad. Let's do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't really care why, but um World of Warcraft of course is a little bit different cuz you have to have some of the story to understand what you're doing. Um if you're like me, at least the first time you you get a quest on World of Warcraft, you read the dialogue and and what the actual quest is mm-hmm. and then you go do it. Obviously, World of Warcraft is is a game that so many people play at this point, point. Um, and you, you roll six, seven, eight, nine, ten different characters. But by the, by the time you're actually kind of done playing for a while, so you do the same missions a lot, the same quests a lot, and you you, you stop reading them after a while.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it's like the owl in Legend of Zelda. Just right. hit B. Just yeah, fuck this guy. Ex- exactly.
0: <laughs> So, um, it'll be interesting to actually see the story told on on screen, and the combination of CGI and and real actors that they're using is going to be interesting. the The trailer actually looks really good, considering the movie is a little ways out. I think it's June or July or something.
1: I think it's that's yours July, because weren't they scheduled to release around uh Rogue One at first, and then they pushed it forward. Or did, did they? they push it back? Uh, I can't remember. I know they moved it because of Rogue One, competing with Star Wars, which I don't fucking blame them
0: at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can.
1: Because when you run into a juggernaut like Star Wars, it's just bad news for anyone. And within that week or two or Oof. three,
0: don't have this in the notes yet either. What? But we should. What? Uh, Batman: The Killing Joke. The the trailer's been released for that. What? I know we. I won't say much because you haven't seen it yet, but I haven't. It's amazing.
1: I know about it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah,
0: um, you'll have to watch it. Oh my we, can't talk, we can't talk. We can't talk a ton about it.
1: Um, Warcraft. What else is June. June, June 10th. Okay. So that'll our, be a nice summer blockbuster. Yeah. Um, and it's far enough away from Civil War, which is probably going to be a fucking juggernaut and what else is coming out uh x-men days of futures past no that not days of futures past apocalypse into may yeah
0: into may so that's the end of this month civil wars next week looking forward we we got it we got a good summer ahead of us
1: we do um no transformers though that's a good thing no (laughs) i think we got a transformer
0: um last but not least um this is just kind of a, a cool thing um Everybody who listens to our show knows that we tend to imbibe a little bit of beer while we're recording.
1: Which we're out right now. Um, you are, I'm not. I am, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: and this is cool news. This is just a little thing that uh, comes out of Denver because uh, they're doing Denver Comic-Con here pretty quick. And so Breckenridge Brewery and the Denver Comic-Con are going to release a limited edition beer uh, called Snape Bricot, um, in honor of Alan Rickman and uh, in, in his role as Severus Snape in the Harry Potter series. So um, we enjoy craft beer. Um, I, I, for one, tend to enjoy uh, beer with a little bit of a fruit background to it. Um, nice thing about fruit is it has a lot of sugar in it, and that's what yeast needs to make alcohol. So, yeah. <laughs> if you can get some fruit um, and some yeast together and, and make a, a neat fruity beer, there's lots of stuff out there like sours and things like that. Um, and apricot beers actually make for a really good sour type beer. So uh I, I would check it out if I if I had the opportunity. I probably won't because it's only gonna be for sale uh maybe in the Denver area. Online? Maybe. Maybe. Um although I did try to I tried to order some of the um and this is gonna segue into our next topic, which is wrestling. Um I was gonna buy some uh Steve Austin broken skull IPA. And the beer itself is actually not a bad deal. It's only like eleven dollars for a twenty-two ounce bottle, what? which isn't—that's
1: not terrible. Not, no, not
0: considering what some of us pay for
1: ten dollars for a six pack.
0: Yeah, uh, 20, <laughs> 22 ounce bottle. Um, but uh, the problem was, is I went to go order two bottles of it. I was gonna, you know, I was gonna pay twenty-two dollars, and then the shipping on it though was almost as much as the beer. It was like eighteen dollars to ship it.
1: Jesus Christ! So I didn't buy it. Well. Then again, if you're shipping something like that and it breaks, it's gonna make a mess. Come on, it's, it's
0: just coming from it's just coming from El Segundo Brewer in California. It's not that it's not it's like it's, not that far, you know, but shit happens. I know, but I'm not paying I'm not paying eighteen dollars yeah, to ship wouldn't two bottles of it.
1: I don't blame you.
0: So that's that. Um so let, let's let's talk wrestling. So um I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little bit of time here just to kind of set us up. Um what does WrestleMania mean to you?
1: WrestleMania as far as professional wrestling is the like they say it, the grandest stage of them all. You expect the best performances, the best it's a spectacle. That's exactly what it is 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 a spectacle, and you expect something to happen and move forward. Right. And it to mean something.
0: So More importantly to me, um, as a, as a more than casual observer of not just the actual wrestling show, but how the business works. Um, again, like you said, you did it for two years. I've never actually done it professionally, but I'm, I've been smart to the business for years. Um, and just kind of aware of kind of how you need to set things up. Um, the psychology of a match, um, the suspension of disbelief, obviously we know, yes, we get it. It's a work. Um, but it's a work that takes a lot of work to do to do it.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: it doesn't mean that the people that are doing it are not athletes, and it doesn't mean that you have to believe that it's real to enjoy it.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: the the thing is, though, is that WrestleMania, to his point, yes, it's the grandest stage of them all. Um, more importantly, though, it's where we see – storylines that have been built up for the past six months to a year close out and new stories begin. Yes. Which brings me to my biggest gripe about this year's WrestleMania. Um, we had lots of things that didn't fit the the mold, so to speak, when it comes to WrestleMania. Uh, we had Triple H lose the title uh, to Roman Reigns. Um, spoilers. <laughs> not, you- not the biggest deal in the world, but here's the thing. Every other wrestler um, that we've seen win a title and then lose a title, there's always some kind of rematch clause in their contract, a guaranteed rematch. There's so, I mean, you know, when you see the match and the title changes hands, that this is not the last time you're going to see these two lock horns. And
1: usually they blatantly state it in, say, like a promo between the two, saying, hey, you're not going to get a title shot. Oh, it's in my contract clause, blah, 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 blah.
0: Um, Instead, after this WrestleMania, we don't see Triple H at all like we haven't seen him once since WrestleMania and this is and and we just finished watching uh tonight's pay-per-view which is WWE Payback. Um and we've already had another title match between AJ Styles and Roman Reigns at this point. So no rematch for Triple H I guess. Whatever. I mean, he's the COO of the business. We get it. He does um, what he wants. It's it's fine. <laughs> um but there was no real payoff from the WrestleMania event at all. Uh, The next night on Raw. The thing that actually sticks in my craw probably the most is the Shane McMahon Undertaker match. Number one, not the Undertaker's best work, but I I, I think we're never going to see the Undertaker's best work again.
1: No. Uh, I mean, he's well past that.
0: uh, Shane McMahon, uh, to his credit, at his age, coming off the top of the the Hell in the Cell, smashing through the announce table. um, I couldn't do it. I mean, I could, but I wouldn't. Well, then
1: again, how old is Shane and how old was Vince when he fell off of the cage granted the Helen cell's a lot taller now than the cage was and Vince, is.
0: Vince was uh, Vince was in his 50s I think at that point point. and we're talking 17 18 years ago
1: yeah I mean Shane's gotta be what late 40s Fi- almost 50 I would say mid mid, mid 40s? 40s yeah oh he he can handle it yeah <laughs> If you have Austin in his late 40s... He's been
0: out of the business for years, though. You know what I mean?
1: That's true. He did open up his own restaurants and stuff.
0: Uh, He actually ran a um, media streaming company in China. and was the CEO for quite some time. That's what he's been doing. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, You you On Demand, I think, is what what his business was. Um, But here's the thing. Going into WrestleMania, there was some stipulations on the line. Which was Shane McMahon wanted control of Raw. Yes. And Vince obviously did not want Shane involved in the business whatsoever. So he said, okay, you win one match at WrestleMania, I'll give you Raw. It's just that that match is going to be in Hell in a Cell and it's going to be against The Undertaker. So already the deck is stacked against Shane
1: McMahon. Who? Against a guy that's lost one WrestleMania in the last how many? Ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. You add to that the stipulation that if The Undertaker loses, he retires, which, okay, here's the thing. Everybody's kind of been expecting this to happen for a while. WrestleMania this year is in Dallas, the home of The Undertaker.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't think he's from Dallas, but he's he's from Texas. No, he
1: is from Texas.
0: Um, So it's kind of his backyard. And it kind of would have been a fitting place to say goodbye to somebody who's been entertaining us since Survivor Series 1991.
1: Yes, it would have been. <laughs> Granted, losing to Shane McMahon, I would have been a little upset, but I would have liked to see somebody with more potential. Here's going the towards. thing:
0: I kind of expected I what I expected to ha- come out of this was that Shane would go over somehow, but that it would be the Undertaker's idea because they kind of built it up to where uh, Shane basically came out and called the Undertaker Vince McMahon's bitch. You know, you just come out and he points his finger and you do you the do work. You do the job, you yeah. know. And that kind of thing. And so I kind of expected there to be a little bit of collusion between the two and they're kind of to build the story around that. We didn't get that at all. We just got we got a good match. We got Shane coming off the top of the cage like we talked about in some pretty good spots during the match. Um, he went coast to coast into a trash can, although The Undertaker, um, when he put his hands up to brace himself for it, knocked the can lower so it didn't actually slam into him properly the way it should, it should have for coast to coast. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm not taking anything away from those two guys because they're doing things that I can't do at the at, in my present condition. <laughs> um and I probably couldn't do them anymore. Yeah, well, and here's the thing. What we got the next night on raw goes against the principles of WrestleMania in like at its very core, and that is Shane lost. So he should have been done.
1: Yeah, he should have been.
0: He comes out the next night when Vince is out there and he comes out to say goodbye. He says to to the fans he says thank you. I lost. Now it's time to take my leave. I'm going to leave. To which Vince says, "You know what? You're not going to upstage me. If you want to want if you want to run Monday Night Raw, I'm going to let you because I want to watch you fail." So all of a sudden the match that we had at WrestleMania the night before mean nothing. Absolutely. Doesn't mean anything in the world. So that pisses me off because I wait a whole year to watch Wrestlemania you know what I mean like it's like the build up is intense and they always do this intentionally there's like five six weeks between the pay per view before Wrestlemania and Wrestlemania you know what I mean
1: Elimination Chamber
0: right I think it's Elimination Chamber it used to be No
1: Way Out right
0: so so you have like a five week stretch where there's no pay per views and it's Monday Night Raw after Monday, but I mean it's 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 long. It builds the anticipation, but when you finally get there, you're like, "All right, we're here. It's WrestleMania." But to have a WrestleMania that all of a sudden it's you waited for, and then you watched it, and yeah, it was entertaining. But then the next night on Raw, they come kind of come out and shit on everything they did. Yeah, the fallout of it
1: just feels blah. Yeah,
0: it it, it left me wanting. So um, I just wanted to vent about that a little bit and and kind of give people an idea. Of what WrestleMania should mean versus what it meant this year. Um, which is going to lead us into our talk tonight about the uh, payback uh, pay-per-view. Which um, Ryan will, is is quick to point out. The uh, pay-per-view immediately following WrestleMania in the past used to be called Backlash. For
1: yes, good reason. Yes, I love... Oh, God. There's so many pay-per-views I wish I could go back to. But Backlash was definitely one of my favorites. Especially after WrestleMania, considering the magnitude in which WrestleMania is and the fallout of what happens after WrestleMania is just so drastic and going into backlash, you have that momentum building and you expect great storylines and this WrestleMania just didn't have that. And this payback, I felt similar to the same effect of it just failing to me. Um, this this pay-per-view wasn't
0: the worst that i've seen in a while. um it had some spots in it that were that were pretty cool. um in fact i think i might have seen a match before you got here tonight during the kickoff because i think there was actually two shows, two or two matches during the kickoff. uh
1: the ambro the one match that i really liked was ambrose versus jericho. that was really well done. great spots, highly entertaining. i mean, you have chris jericho in a match and dean ambrose, it's going to be an entertaining match. Um, the women's championship match, I was thoroughly impressed with.
0: Um, so let's 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 see if we can go back in in order. I think we got. I think I got a good good list of of how things went. So first payback kickoff match. So Baron Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler. Boring. Um, Dolph Ziggler needs to
1: do not more.
0: lay out and get the shit beat out of him and then come back and win at the last second i get it he's he's uh, he's uh, He's the baby face face, um and he's very good that's the thing he's he's a super good performer um i just want him to not sell so much or not have to sell so much i mean he needs to go out create some offense um and and let other people sell for him for a while because he's been doing it for a long time that way yeah um and honestly, it's, it's, it gets really formulaic after a while because you're just like, yep, he's getting the shit beat out of him. Yep, okay, he's going to roll the guy up and surprise him for a win. Let the guy go out, create some offense, hit his finisher, and and win clean.
1: Yeah, he especially as a face, you need to do that. I mean, rolling up, yeah, it's a clean win, but when you sit there and you sell the whole match and you're taking move after move after move, it gets repetitive. Yeah. Um, Dolph Ziggler is a great talent that I don't think that WWE is utilizing very, very well. At one point they were, and I don't know what happened in between, but he kind of just fell through the cracks.
0: Yeah, Um. and, and plus Dolph is one of your guys that could be a top performer. Three years ago at Payback, yeah. he was the world champ. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now he's the first match on the undercard in- for the kickoff show
1: which shouldn't happen. Dolph Ziggler is up there with AJ Styles. He's up there with I don't know if greats. I'd put him in
0: AJ Styles league, but he's he's close. I mean, he's he's probably um I would I would put him at like uh, 1998 Chris Jericho in WCW. You know what I mean? Like he is definitely a guy that's on the rise and he's going to go somewhere. He just needs somebody to light a fire under him and give him uh, you know, book him in a program that's actually see, interesting. I could
1: see AJ Styles doing that though. With how with AJ Styles and being as good as AJ Styles is and being as good as Dolph Ziggler is, he just needs that kick. What better of a kick to get than somebody like AJ Styles?
0: Right. I and and I will give the match credit for this um, on the Baron Corbin side of things. Corbin got heat as a legit heel. Heel. He did, um, which is good because not enough guys that are heels are doing that. No. Everybody wants to be cool. The problem is, is once you're cool, people want to watch you. You're not necessarily heel anymore. Your heel should never sell more merch than your, than your top baby face.
1: Yeah. Unless uh, you're stone cold, Steve Austin.
0: Right. Cause I, well, that, that was a terrible <laughs> heel turn anyway. That, and it never should have happened. And even stone cold will say to this day that it shouldn't have if happened. He had to do it all over again. He would hit the, he'd hit the rock with the chair, go down for the one, two, three. When Vince reached out to shake his hand, he would have stunned him and walked away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I've that, of, yeah, the heel turn, the heel turn was just not a, it. It wasn't a good thing for that that particular time. So, um, also Ziggler needs to stop using the headbutt so much because uh, we know at this point in time, like with concussions being such a big deal these days, like we know they're not actually headbutting one another. So it's really hard. It takes it takes me out of the match when I see guys do that.
1: I same, yeah. I see Big Show do it, and I'm, I it loses me too because I can blatantly see their hand on their head. Right. And it's just a slow motion. It's not impressive.
0: Yeah. So uh, anyway, good job on, on Corbin's behalf, getting the heat like a heel should. Um, just and it's not Ziggler's fault that he's being booked this way. Uh, just just let the guy create some offense. Have him have him be in matches where he doesn't have to be the come from behind underdog every single time. Because Dolph Ziggler, let's face it, he's not the underdog in every match. He is not. Um. All right. What do we have next?
1: Uh, Kalisto. And Ryback. (laughs) Actually, this match surprised me. It was better than I thought it would be Uh, with a match with Ryback in it.
0: Kalisto is a whirling dervish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, the guy is all over the place. Um, I will give Ryback credit for one particular spot. Um, I, and yeah. that was the corkscrew over the top rope that Kalisto did because uh, Ryback actually ended up catching him, which if he had not, uh, Kalisto oh hits the God. ring apron and maybe gets escorted out on a stretcher.
1: Yeah, he would have. Like, if Ryback, I th- that that wasn't planned, I think Ryback was supposed to be further back and he had to adjust his corkscrew based on his position and thank God Ryback was smart enough to grab him because there was a moment there in air that I got worried
0: I'm I'm not the only one that noticed either. I'm kind of reading through the list of this of, of a Forbes article. Um and it specifically says hits corkscrew plancha, almost a botch, Ryback caught him. Yeah. So Ryback
1: I mean, saved his life. Yeah.
0: Um and, and it was that was that was a big deal. So um I'm not gonna spend a ton of time on this. Uh it's not that uh I, I hate Ryback. Yeah, these days. Uh, he's not a believable uh, believable character to me. Um,
1: he's not, although being in Chicago and doing the CM Punk uh, clobbering time thing, being a heel, that was, to get, to, for smart heat, that was something brilliant to do on his part. For smart yeah. heat. And he nailed that part. I was pissed that he did it, but at the same time, I was like, you know, that's smart. I In his shoes, I would have done it too.
0: I, I mean, it gets it gets heat, but the thing is, is he's just not a good talent.
1: He's not. He's <laughs> not. I'm not giving him any credit in talent.
0: Yeah. Um. And so it doesn't really matter how much heat he has if he can't, you know, pull the trigger when he's in the ring. Um. The the surprising thing about this is that this match even happened at all. Um. Kalisto is the United States title uh, holder. Um, I think people kind of expected the title to change hands when this came out because WWE has done literally nothing with Kalisto since he's had the title except for fight right back.
1: That's sad.
0: Um, and that's the thing is I think Kalisto is not necessarily a believable champion because of how they're booking him. Um, same thing with Dolph Ziggler. Like, in fact, while you're at it, why don't you put Kalisto and Dolph Ziggler in a match? Yeah you know you could book a program between those two and actually have both of them have a little bit of offense and have a give and take it's harder to book that way because they're both baby faces um and
1: Dolph could easily turn into a heel oh, he's done I it before i don't
0: even think he has to in this case though because if you if you just boil it down to a Conf- he's a top contender for the United States championship I'm and this guy contender. is the the championship then just go at it it's a championship match i mean there's something on the line there doesn't have to necessarily be
1: uh, i mean they've done it before where two baby faces have gone toe to toe and have come out like yeah i still respect you like yeah it's a it at that point it becomes a competitive thing of we're gonna compete but we're still gonna respect one another
0: right there doesn't have to be a personal issue because there is there's something on the line which is the title um so i think that would be a decent program and i think it would give Uh, Kalisto, a little bit of uh, um, notoriety, and I think it would be a good opportunity to let Dolph actually create some offense because Kalisto isn't any bigger than Dolph. No. So you don't have to put him in a position where he's out there getting the fucking shit kicked out of him for 90% of the match.
1: And can you imagine the match that they would have?
0: Oh, it'd be good. With
1: Kalisto's offensive high flying and capabilities, it'd be amazing.
0: Yeah. Um, so overall, I think this match was probably I would have given it a B minus just and and that's only because Kalisto did the best he could with, uh, he with an opponent in Ryback. <laughs> I mean, it's just all there is to it. Um, so then the show actually kicks off officially with the first match uh, being for the tag um, team championship. It's not right? for the tag team championship. Nope. It's for the number one contendership to face the tag team champions. Okay. Oh yeah. That's so, right. They were on the outside. That's yeah. So, I'm yeah. So we right. see the new day come out. Um, and then we get, uh, what looked to be a promising match between, uh, the villains and, uh, big Cass and Enzo Amore. Uh, unfortunately this match kind of got, it stopped before it really even got started. Uh, I think we were only a few minutes in and, and, uh, Enzo Amore took a bad bump through the ropes. He did.
1: He tried to do a slide and got caught up left shoulder onto the bottom rope and whiplashed and gave himself a concussion. Yeah.
0: Um so he was he was taken out in a stretcher. Um I'm pretty sure this was um a shoot rather than a work.
1: Oh, it was a shoot.
0: Uh because they, they didn't really focus a lot on the guys putting them on the stretcher when the MTs were there. They, they kind of panned the camera away from it, um, just on the off chance there was more wrong with them than than what they thought. Uh, bad news because concussions are going to keep the guy out for a while. And, um, this tag team came in, uh, just in the last few weeks and, and they were getting a, a really serious push as well as the Villains. Um, uh, and to see that come to an end and, and, uh, or at least to come to a, a, a temporary halt, it's going to be harder for them to pick up that momentum when they come back in. What do you do with big Cass? while Enzo Amore is out, you know, cause he's not a singles competitor by any means. No, um, and he hasn't been, um, in NXT. Um, I don't know how much singles work they each did, but I mean, they have been Enzo Amore and big Cass. So, I mean, you might be able to book big Cass in a, in a, in a singles match against one of the VOD villains, maybe kind of kill some time, uh, I'm not sure if Big Cass is quite at that level yet where where he could carry the match as a singles competitor.
1: I think they could carry it along for maybe like a week or two to give Enzo some time to recover.
0: Well, the Villains are heels, so you could book him in a match against one and then have the other one interfere. You know, kind of, I mean, Cass doesn't have to win the match. Necessarily, because you got heels that can cheat to win, and 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 yeah, 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 create some tension between that, so that when when uh, Enzo Amore comes back, then he's got fire. You know, he can he's got a reason to come back and rescue his friend from you know the the shenanigans of the Vaudevillains. villains. Um, the VOD villains have one of the coolest entrances entrances I love it uh, in a long time, especially concerning tag teams. And I think if if we get a, a healthy Enzo Amore coming back, um, hopefully soon. Uh, with Big Cass. Uh, we got the VOD villains, uh the New Day. They're kind of starting to grow on me. Um, it's It's been a long time since we've seen a tag team that actually operates under the Freebirds rules, uh, which, for those of you not familiar with how this works, there's actually three of them. They're all three recognized as the tag team champions, although only two of them defend the belts at any given time.
1: Mm-hmm. i uh, say if one gets injured, the other one can fill in for them and have a tag team match.
0: Exactly. Uh so, there's a couple of other tag teams out there, the Usos, but the Usos kind of carried the ball for a long time. And they're not really, I don't think they've ever been as over as a tag team as, say, the Hardys or the Acolytes or, or the Dudleys the or Dudleys. Edge and Christian. Edge or... and Christian, probably one of my all time favorite tag teams. Uh, Who was
1: um, Rhino with? Raven?
0: Maybe. I don't remember. It's been a I long can't time. remember. Yeah. But I mean, there's there's been a lot of tag teams out there that, um, you know, in the old days, as I like to call them, because I'm old now,
1: you and me both. <laughs> um,
0: but the tag team division just hasn't been what it what it could be for a long time.
1: Not since mid two thousands.
0: Yeah, it's been a it's been a while. Um, but Bodvillans are going to be fun to watch. So uh, keep an eye out for those guys. And that leads us into what do we have? Dean Ambrose next, and Dean and Jericho? Ambrose
1: and Jericho. I think is next. The one that I really liked.
0: Yeah. Um, oh no. Uh, Sami Zayn and, and uh, Kevin oh, Owens. Oh yeah, Kevin Owens. Which actually, this was a good match. That too. was a good match. Um, not a lot to say about this match. I mean, um, the dudes, uh, the guys in the match have known each other for several years. That's been well documented. Uh, came up through the independent uh, wrestling organizations, kind of together. Uh, Ring of Honor.
1: Yeah, I think this is a great storyline because it's very rare that you get two guys that have so much history together and to play off of that for that many years is a awesome thing to play with
0: and it's unique in that the wwe isn't often quick to recognize that there are other wrestling organizations out there no I mean, they basically don't have to at this point because um, they're it in terms of where you want to be as a professional wrestler yeah uh, they're the major leagues, um, so they don't really have to acknowledge the minor leagues necessarily a lot. Um, although NXT they acknowledge quite a bit these days because it's it's kind of the the it's, training ground for eventually people who are going to be in the WWE. Um, but it's it's ran differently than the WWE as well, so that's you can tell by I the mean, talent. Dude, <laughs> NXT is so fun to watch, and the show's about wrestling. That's all it should be about for the most part. And you guys might notice that I use the term wrestling a lot um because that's what it is. I mean it's it's professional wrestling. It's not sports entertainment. These guys are professional wrestlers. They go out there and they work matches. That's their that's the end goal. Yeah, it's it's cool if you can pick up a mic and and get yourself over by talking, but ultimately what you're there for is to be able to tell a story through physicality in the ring. Yes. Um but these guys um you're not going to get a more physical opponent than Kevin Owens and he's such a fucking dirty bastard of a of a heel. I mean, just
1: and he's brutal.
0: Yeah. Um Sami Zayn kind of See, here's here's the thing. Sami Zayn is is what Dolph Ziggler should aspire to be and this is sad because Dolph Ziggler's been doing this in the WWE for several years now. Yeah. And this should be painfully obvious. Sami Zayn has the underdog rep. Yes. But he also creates offense. He a lot doesn't of it. just get the shit kicked out of him for ninety, ninety five percent of a match and then come back and win at the end. Sometimes he doesn't win, but he at least creates offense while he's there. He gave Kevin Owens a run for his money. You know, that's exactly. that's what I loved about this match. And this match was actually better than his match, than Sami Zayn's match with um AJ Styles on Monday Night Raw a couple weeks back. I missed it. Um it it was so A.J. Styles kinda of won a fatal four way to get to be the number one contender. Mm -hmm. Sami Zayn was supposed to have been in that match. Kevin Owens attacked him backstage, so he had to be replaced by Cesaro. Okay. So the following week, Shane McMahon decided he was going to give Sami Zayn an opportunity, so um, he wasn't going to take AJ Styles' title shot away, but if he had beat AJ Styles in that match, then it would have been a triple threat tonight at Payback for the title. Probably would have been better. Probably would have been, because there would have been (laughs) at least two guys in there that could work. We'll get to that later. Um, but we have got this match, and this match was good. So I can't... I mean, this is one of the matches no. that actually increases the Stood grade out. of this pay-per-view overall. So um, nothing really was settled either. Cause, um, and here's the thing. I think this match kind of... I think they needed to make this match go longer because the tag team match didn't actually yeah, get to finish.
1: It didn't get its whole time run through. So I think they added on to their storyline <laughs> of what is going to happen Furthermore, rather than continuing it just on Raw, they did it that night instead,
0: and and it boiled over kind of into the next match too, um, which was uh, Cesaro versus The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship, mm-hmm. um, and that's because this match I think was for the number one contendership for facing the champion next, whoever the champion was after the after the Miz Cesaro, um, which that match was all right. Um, Cesaro still had his shoulder kind of taped up.
1: He did. I missed a lot of this match. I think I was on the phone. And I was, this I was, match. I was yeah. cooking
0: some some burgers too. So, um, it was all right. I don't know why they ever put the heavyweight belt on the Miz, and I'm not really a big fan of him with the IC belt either. Right now, it just kind of seems like they use him to fill in the gaps when he's not doing a direct to video WWE Productions movie. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a big fan of that. Um, they did bring in Maurice, um, who is a former quote, quote unquote diva, um, real life wife of the Miz, um, and she kind of adds a little bit to to his presentation because um, she's really good looking. Uh, but they also gave her the microphone way too much over the past couple weeks on Raw, so I'm I'm sick of her already.
1: Oh God. <laughs> um.
0: So this match, I mean, it it is what it is. I like Cesaro a lot. Uh, he probably shouldn't get the mic a whole lot either at at, at this stage in the game. Um, but I do like watching him wrestle uh, because he's really physical.
1: He is very physical.
0: Um, and pound for pound, I mean, John Cena, I give credit for being one of the strongest dudes I've seen. Um, Cesaro, probably pound for pound, is stronger than John Cena. He's just not as big and, and muscled as Cena. But the dude, um, it was the first year, so it was it was two years ago, three WrestleManias ago. Something like that. The first year they did the Andre the Giant Battle Royals, Cesaro mm-hmm. won that. And he won it by just straight up picking the big show off the ground, like deadlifting him and scooping him over the ropes. What? Yeah. Uh, it was pretty ridiculous. So <laughs> um I like I like a guy that can that, that you know is strong enough to do something like that. And and he's good. The one thing I don't like though is he does those European uppercuts. And, and one of the spots that he usually does is he'll run and do an uppercut, um, especially if he's in a triple threat match because he'll put guys in, in opposite corners and run, do an uppercut, run, do an uppercut. And he'll do it like 10 times. And again, it's one of those things that kind of takes you out of it because you know it's not believable at all at that point.
1: It's a little excessive. Right. It's overkill.
0: Um, the other thing he does too is he does the uh, airplane spin. Like he'll pick a guy up and start spinning him around. And he'll probably go around 20 times before he lets go of him.
1: It's the PG era, man. And
0: like, I stopped caring about that when George the Animal Steel did it. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: because it's dorky as shit.
0: Yeah. Um, plus, you know, you're like the guy doing the spinning is going to be dizzier than the guy that was getting spun. Yeah. That's 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 the that's the it, it's just not a good spot. So, I say get rid of that and get rid of the the repeated your European uppercuts. Not entirely. Just say let, maybe, him, maybe let do him give one times. or two of it through the match, you know? And not necessarily in a row. Like, have him... Spread. Like, right. Again, I don't do this professionally, but I do watch it a lot. And I'm, I'm telling you what I want to see as a fan. And what I want to see is more variety, you know? Um, it, Ryan and I had this, this uh, conversation kind of before we even started watching wrestling tonight. And that is, um, there's a term... In wrestling called Getting Your Shit In. And that is, if you have some moves that you're known for, you want to be able to do that throughout the match. The but make problem, it make sense. Yeah, the problem is is it doesn't always make sense for you to get your shit in during the match. Sometimes you just need to get your ass kicked and get pinned clean. Sometimes the other guy needs to do the same thing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and, and the same is, it can be applied with catchphrases, like um, Paige from, from the women's division. Uh, she's got this real... And and I'm sure this is what she's being told to do, but she has to yell, This is my house at some point through the match. I don't care. I just want to see the wrestling. I want to see her work a match, and she's good at working matches, so there shouldn't be any problem with that. She doesn't have to have a catchphrase. Not everybody has to have a catchphrase.
1: No, not everybody. I mean, you do have guys like Chris Jericho that says, I'm king of the world or I'm the best in the world at what I'm the best in the world at what I do.
0: And you had the Rock with if you smell what the Rock is cooking. Here's the thing though, the Rock was so good on the mic, he didn't have to say that every single time. But he the didn't fans even say ate it. In his it matches. Up. The fans ate it up. Yeah, and he didn't stop in the middle of a match and say it. And that's
1: yeah. And you never heard him. I don't think you ever really heard the Rock say it in a match. Like Jericho, that's part of his character. That's his gravitas. He plays off of that. But right. the Rock didn't need that. He would go in there. He would talk his trash. He would go in there and he would whoop your ass.
0: The Rock would. And th- and this was this was back in his heyday, and, and when it was really fun to watch, the Rock would whip somebody's ass on the outside of the ring, and he walk over to Jim Ross or Jerry the King Lawler and, and take grab his headset the mic or a headset, and, and just be like, you know, I'm whipping this jabroni's ass, blah blah blah, you know. And then more li- more often than not, it would be like somebody would come flying at him across the table when he saw the headset on and knock it off, and you know, but it, it it created something, but it wasn't a catchphrase. It wasn't something that he had to do every single time. But it it was something that he did because it was right for that particular match. Yeah. Um, so I'll I'll rest my case on that for a little while. But anyway, um, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, this match I gave uh, I gave a B plus, maybe an A minus two because it was it was a good match. I would give it a B plus, solid. Oh yeah, and then the Miz Cesaro I gave a C because we didn't really care by the time it happened.
1: I didn't care at the entrances. Yeah. <laughs> Then again, I think I got a full. It was call. it was
0: kind of a good it was kind of a good vehicle because Kevin Owens decided he was gonna take uh, Byron Corbin or you know Byron Saxon's spot on commentary. Yeah. For that match, and so his commentary was at least interesting, um, which I like. Uh but then we get Jericho Ambrose, um, which this person who wrote this article said Jericho has been doing some of the best work of his career, uh, which is true. It is true. Jericho is one of the big he's one of the best natural heels in the business. Uh just hands down he knows how to be a heel. He knows how to get heat. Uh the way a heel should.
1: Heel and face. He's just he's one of the salt the most solid workers you could have in the business right now, especially with all these new guys coming in and entering the reins. And you pointed out to this Before we started, like, we were talking about Chris Jericho and WrestleMania, how he didn't need to win. Like, he doesn't need to win. He needs to get these guys, much like Triple H and Roman Reigns. I know that match wasn't appealing, but you want to build up the newer people to have that success and that add-on to make it what it is. And But Chris Jericho couldn't do that. Why he won at WrestleMania, I don't know.
0: It. it it kind of makes a little bit more sense to me now after watching tonight's match. And, and I'll tell you why, when we get there, um, this was a, a solid match. Dean Ambrose is uh, one of the rising stars. Mm-hmm. He's got a couple spots that he does in the, in his matches that I don't agree with. We um, you know when he gets thrown into the ropes, he kind of goes in between the top two ropes. So he's completely off the ground and then kind of catapults himself out of that There's and, No momentum going, you know, in. throws like a clothesline or something out of it or something like that. Um, and it's, it's not a good spot because it's not believable. And that's the only thing I don't like about that. Um, but it, I mean, it is what it is. And I think it, at some point we'll see less of that. In fact, I think I only saw it once tonight in the match. Yeah, I
1: think I only saw it once too.
0: Um, so that's, that's better uh, than what it has been. Uh, what I liked about this match though, and um, in, in where it goes back to WrestleMania's, Jericho had a match against AJ Styles at WrestleMania, and Jericho won that match. Um, In retrospect, and actually seeing the results of this match tonight, I think it makes sense for Jericho to have won that match because, uh, number one, AJ Styles has such an international reputation um, after his time in TNA and then going over to New Japan and just doing what he's done with himself over the last couple of years. Um, The fans these days are a lot smarter, that kind of thing, than they used to be.
1: Vastly smarter.
0: Um, So he didn't have to win that match any more than Jericho didn't have to win that match. Uh, So it's kind of cool seeing Jericho go over on that match because then he comes to face Dean Ambrose and ultimately Dean Ambrose goes over in this match. And so it puts Dean Ambrose at a level where he went over a guy that beat AJ Styles and it kind of puts Ambrose at the same level as AJ Styles at least in presentation. Yes. Now whether or not the two of those guys can have a good match together which I'm sure we'll see at some point. AJ and Ambrose? AJ and Ambrose, yeah. I don't know. But it at least kind of sets the stage where you know that Ambrose has beat Jericho, who has beat Styles.
1: Yes. And I think that if they did have a match, knowing Ambrose's style and how physical AJ can be, that could be a very, very physical match. Yeah. Very physical. I mean, look what we saw AJ do with Roman Reigns tonight. Who doesn't have the capability to be that physical a lot of the time. Um, Or
0: at least not as readily uh yeah so yeah i'm i'm kind of looking forward to that and i enjoyed the the uh the jericho ambrose match uh specifically for that reason is because that is one of the payoffs from wrestlemania that i didn't see at wrestlemania but i think i finally saw tonight in the overall big picture so um just didn't make much sense at the time yeah yeah <laughs> uh also again we we talked about this during the match too um kudos to uh ambrose for bringing back the double arm ddt a la yes. cactus jack because it's been a while since anybody's used that that move since and it's, cactus jack yeah it it's it's a it good seems move.
1: like to me at least the next match who do
0: we have next
1: was that the women's uh match? i
0: think yes so this was uh, Ric Flair's daughter, Charlotte, accompanied by Ric Flair, mm-hmm. um, against Natalia, accompanied by her uncle, Brett. And I say Brett as in Brett the Hitman Heart.
1: Who is now, I believe, cured of cancer. Or at least cancer-free something. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. He announced that he was cancer free, so I'm going with the fact that he was cancer free.
0: I'll take your word for it. I didn't see the announcement. So, um, but anyway, this match, uh, this match was a good match. Um, I, I think it's probably about time for Charlotte to, to lay down for somebody else for a little while, but, uh, it wasn't tonight. Um, but Natalia's a good performer. Um, she's got good lineage. Um, her dad was Jim Anvil Neidhart, uh, who married Bret Hart's sister. So, obviously, I mean, she's got a family history. She trained. Uh, Roots run deep. Yeah. Yeah. She she trained just as hard as any of the Hartmen did back oh, in the yeah. day. Um, and so it, it's it's kind of good. I, I kind of hope she has one good run before she's she's out of there, because uh, I don't know how much longer she has left. No. No. Uh, she's a bit older than the rest of the uh, than the women's competitors. Um, also, I don't know if you heard, but we we lost uh, Brie Bella after WrestleMania. That was her retirement match. She she announced. So what? yeah, uh, it doesn't surprise me because Daniel Bryan was forced to retire. Yeah. So and they're married. So it's kind of one of those things. I'm pretty sure she wants to be able to help him out with the stuff that that he's doing now um, outside of the ring. So, I kind of don't blame blame her for that. Nikki Bella had surgery on her neck. Um, it's questionable whether or not she's actually coming back ever, um, depending on how the surgery goes. So, we'll see. It's usually how it end. is with
1: neck injuries. I mean, look at yeah. Edge, Angle, Austin. Yeah. Uh, edge is another one. That's just four examples right there.
0: Yeah. Um, so, we'll we'll see uh time will tell on this um we've got a pretty decent set of of, of women's competitors out there right of, of of women female competitors maybe i'll just say that because that doesn't make me sound like an idiot um natalia's uh fun although she's had i think three consecutive pay-per-view title matches now against charlotte and come up short on all of them so it's probably about it's time, time, for, time that to... for a
1: different uh opponent
0: yeah um the problem is, is there's not a lot of opponents that uh, that she has. Although we do have... Okay, we got the boss, Sasha Banks. Okay. And she's incredible. Uh, we have Becky Lynch, the Irish last kicker. Um, and she's she's a good competitor. In fact, WrestleMania, I think, was a... was It, it was a triple threat, actually, between them. So this wasn't a pay-per-view event uh, or her third pay-per-view event for Natalia. I think it was just... I think she had two Monday Night Raw matches and then the pay-per-view. Okay. So... Um I forgot the WrestleMania was a triple threat it was Sasha Banks uh Becky Lynch and, and Charlotte.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: So um but Charlotte's just a natural. I mean she's ridiculously she is, well, like athletic and it's it's nice to be able to watch a women's match and not have to be embarrassed if my wife and kids walk in the room because it looks like I'm just watching tits and ass, you know what I mean? Like yes. because she's she's a legitimate badass like they're 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 good wrestlers Sasha Banks same way good wrestler Becky Lynch um little younger maybe not as experienced but with time fundamentally she's she's a good wrestler you know what I mean so um and then Natalia, obviously is is just phenomenal Mm -hmm. you know with the physicality part of it so yeah um good match uh had some 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 twists and turns in there throughout and especially i mean you're gonna have that with the nature boy rick flair at the rings anyway
1: yeah. and brett the hitman heart
0: and brett and he and he got to get in there and, and put rick flair in a sharpshooter at the end i he think. did so they both, yeah they were there him and dahlia both uh, have uh their respective what opponents what about, sharp about sharp the
1: shooters. weird uh montreal thing that we saw in that match
0: yeah there was a bit of a screw job there yeah. was a montreal screw job at the end of that which i mean we were in chicago not montreal but it was the same thing
1: chicago screw job
0: yeah, so um, that one I'm gonna watch Monday Night Raw tomorrow on anticipation because I want to see the the payoff. Yeah, from that
1: I'm curious as to how that's gonna play out because we noticed it at the same time. Nobody yeah. tapped, the bell rang. We yep. were like, wait a minute. Yeah, this is like this is way too similar. So I yeah. think that's cool.
0: I did I did like the payoff for that match and, and I'm I'm looking for an even bigger payoff tomorrow night. Fake Montreal Screwjob didn't really go over very well, says Black Sports Online on Twitter. Really? Yeah. But that's because we didn't get to see the payoff. We'll see it tomorrow.
1: That is true.
0: Oh, next we have the big announcement. We have Vince and Shane and Stephanie. Oh, in Oh yeah, ring. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this was the night that Vince was supposed to announce who is going to be controlling raw on a permanent basis, whether it's going to be Shane McMahon or Stephanie. or, Stephanie. Um, and so they both come out, said their piece. Um, Vince said, I don't care what anybody says. I only care what I say, which I mean, that's typical Vince. Um, I enjoy watching that guy work because I know that he's enjoying every second of being out there. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, So
1: I feel like it's his one chance to.
0: Yeah. I mean, he didn't ever really get to be a wrestler. He had some matches and stuff like that, but he ultimately uh, went from being the announcer on, on the weekly programming (laughs) to all of a sudden now he's the owner uh, which he always was, but just I mean, it wasn't acknowledged on TV. Like, on TV, yeah. As, as fans sitting at home back in those days, we didn't know. You know what I no. mean? Um So it was fun to see the evolution of that uh, come around, and he was such a shitty announcer. He
1: was. He was I did terrible. Like, I didn't
0: watch. I like, I did not like watching him call matches.
1: What a maneuver!
0: Yeah, it was bad. Um, but I I, I enjoyed watching him work every day since then. You know what I mean? Like, it's, oh yeah, it's been fun. Um, so ultimately though, after there was a bunch of him and Han in the ring for a while, it came down to the fact that Vince decided he's going to put both of them in charge. They're going to have equals, equal control over, over Monday night raw. So, um, which we got a little bit of a payoff in the, in the main event for. So
1: spoilers on that one. Yeah. Cause I think that's next, isn't it?
0: It is. Um, and this is where I'm probably going to be the most negative <laughs> of the night. Um, I don't hate Roman Reigns. I hate Roman Reigns being pushed at the level that he's being pushed to because he's not ready.
1: Yeah, he isn't.
0: It's not fair to him to put him in this position, especially if you're going to keep him as a babyface. And you're doing your fans a disservice by expecting them to believe that he's a, a credible champion at this point. Um and I mean there's guys that have done it like Goldberg was over as fuck in WCW even though the dude had about three moves you know what I mean Hulk Hogan all throughout the 80s there wasn't a bigger name in wrestling like you didn't say the word professional wrestling without Hulk Hogan coming to mind that was the first thing you still
1: don't sometimes
0: and the guy has three moves he's got the big foot he's got the leg drop he's got the body slam that's it yeah (laughs) um you know and i would venture to say that john cena has better ring credibility than hulk hogan does cuz he he can at least string together a couple moves he can chain wrestle he's got, he's got a couple he, submissions you he's know he's got
1: five moves
0: yeah that's two more than hulk you know what i mean um so we we're we're now finding ourselves in a position where we have yet again a world champion that has a couple of moves
1: and see this is a full. and doesn't
0: that- know how to he doesn't know how to fill the time when he's not doing the moves uh and so it puts a lot of strain on his opponent
1: yeah and being a a heel yeah is what you said is when you're not doing anything you need to play to the crowd you need to be a fucking heel and he's not that's
0: the thing is they're not and they and I don't know if it's because he just doesn't know how to do it or it's because they're not letting him maybe they haven't made that decision yet but it's hard. It's hard. You put him in a match with AJ Styles like he had tonight. AJ Styles over as fuck. Yep. Has been since the day yep. he walked in. Well, yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns obviously can't hang with him on a professional level in the ring. Uh, he's got a Superman punch. He's got a spear. And that's about it. I mean, and, and we were talking about this earlier. Um, Scott Hall. Here's a wrestler that's probably about the same size as Roman Reigns maybe i mean scott hall maybe wasn't as thick but height wise you know height wise. he's he's a big dude scott hall at least knew as a heel that he could grab a guy and stretch him in the ring just put him in a in, a, in, a, in a, an abdominal stretch which nobody uses anymore um if you don't know what that is look it up you'll find a it's million super, youtube videos
1: it's super simple
0: yeah um and you get a guy like aj styles aj styles could have sold the fuck out of that stretch you know what i yeah. mean um and and I, I I was watching some some old matches from '98 with Scott Hall in in WCW, uh, and he would get the guy in the stretch, and the and the ref would you know kind of be looking at him, you know, just be stretching him, and he'd pull his hair, just blatantly right in front of the ref, like, like, and the one, ref would start counting two, and he let go, th- and he'd you know let what I mean?
1: Go. Yeah, and then he would go immediately back and grab it and get that three count again. And that's all you got to do. Then let go.
0: That's all you got to do you get a chance to breathe your opponent gets a little bit of a chance to breathe and then and or then, even
1: taunt do something something like holds are meant for you to play with the crowd get a breather as a heel
0: yeah you I know I mean Rick Flair's lock. done it Triple H's lock. done it you know put him in a rear lock for a while just work the yeah. hold grab his arm twist his arm camel clutch camel clutch there's there's a Boston crab it's not hard half crab yeah. In fact I think in the women's match we saw uh, was it Charlotte that did the half grab? Yeah. And and executed it better than I've seen it done in a long time. And it's not it's not a hard move, but you can do stuff with it.
1: Shit, even an arm bar. Yeah. A simple arm drag into an arm bar. How hard is that? It's not hard. Roman just
0: needs to put together a couple moves in addition to what he's got and, and just learn how to help his his opponent help him. You know what I mean, and it's 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 aggravating. Um, this match was cool though because it ended in a, uh, a count out. It did. AJ Styles won via count out. Uh, and Shane then here McMahon, comes the money comes out. Yep. His, the music hits and then Shane Shane says, "Nope, that might have been how things were done in the previous era, but in the new era, no count outs. The match is restarted. No count outs.
1: We're gonna have a definitive champion at the end of the pay per view. Right.
0: So they they get started. Boom, boom, boom. A couple more spots. And then all of a sudden, bell rings again.
1: Reigns gets disqualified. Reigns
0: gets disqualified for a low blow. And Stephanie comes out. Throws her brother under the bus.
1: And says this match. Obviously,
0: Shane forgot something. No DQs. Restart the match. Yes. Um, Which, of course, sets the stage for uh, AJ Styles' two best friends. Luke Gallows. Carl Anderson. Um, Yeah. Best way to, I don't know, it's hard to describe these guys. Um, We've seen Luke Gallows before. Mm -hmm. He played uh, a character named Festus, (laughs) who was kind of um, mentally
1: impaired. Think of uh, Mm -hmm. Mice and Men. Yeah.
0: He was Lenny. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Not the best use of a guy of his talent, for sure. Uh, Carl Anderson, this is his first uh, foray into the WWE. Uh, these guys actually wrestled together with AJ Styles in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. They were part of a stable called the Bullet Club. Uh, Bullet Club, uh, a lot of people don't know this, was actually started by a wrestler named Prince David, who is also known as, in the WWE and NXT, Finn Balor. So we actually have four members of the Bullet Club pretty handy these days. Um, I'm not sure the bullet club is, uh, it it may be trademarked with new Japan. We might not be able to see it used ever, Um, but we're definitely seeing a little bit of that with AJ styles and, and Gallows and Anderson. And it's, it's fun. Um, So they got involved a little bit, trying to take down Roman reigns um, on behalf of AJ styles. Although I think he's still trying to play it off as though that's the way they're playing it right now is it's not something that he's asked for.
1: It's just something that they're forcing him into. Well, I mean, they're
0: they're his friends. They want to help him, that kind of a thing. But he's saying, "I can do this myself." Kind of a kind of a deal. So I don't know if we're going to see heat between them or if they're actually going to turn AJ heel instead of Roman. I hope not because I want Roman to be the heel because I I think Roman can have a good run as a heel. He just needs to he a couple things need to fall in place, and the kid will will be all right. Yeah. but they got to let it happen first. and That's the hard part. Um, but then, of course, we get the Usos, who are Roman Reigns' cousins, come out to mm-hmm. to help him out with the uh, Gallows and Anderson. I think I think we're going to see some good matches with uh, with Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows coming up in in the next few weeks on on Raw. It'll be exciting because I like those guys. Um, at the end of the day, though, we see um, a, a nice 450, a springboard 450 off the ropes. Onto uh, onto Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns kicks out, um, puts him into the ropes, spears him. And that's it. And that's it. Um I... didn't like the finish. AJ AJ easily could have gone over with the four fifty. Um and if Roman Reigns can kick it out of that four fifty, then AJ should have been able to kick it out of that spear with no problem. Because that's spear. It twice. That spear is not delivered like a believable finishing move spear. It's not like Rhino's gore. You know what no, I mean?
1: Rhino's gore was violent.
0: Yeah. Like you look like, you look like you should have whiplash after you get gored by Rhino.
1: And even Goldberg's spear is a little more intimidating. You go halfway across the well, ring. And
0: Goldberg never finished a match with the spear. It no, was always the spear into the jackhammer. Jackhammer. Yeah. So, I mean, even Goldberg, a guy that is universally kind of hated, had a better set of finishing moves. That jackhammer was impressive. Yeah. Especially, I mean, Goldberg. Here's the thing I don't like Goldberg um, as a character because of what WCW did with him. Uh, he didn't earn what he had. No, and he did not. Created a lot of resentment in the locker room from a lot of guys. Um, but Goldberg. Not just in WCW either. Goldberg was physically imposing to the point where when he had a guy up in a jackhammer, he could have a dude that weighed 300 pounds up in that jackhammer, and he would hold him vertical Paul White, for seconds before he came down. You know what I mean? Like, that takes strength. Yeah. it And it is what it is. Roman just doesn't do anything like that. He doesn't do anything that impresses people. People hate the fuck out of him just because Vince McMahon wants him to be champion, and we're too smart for that these days. Like, we get it. Like, we understand. Just give us a champion that we can believe can be the champion. That's all we're asking. Yeah. So, um, anyway, that's the pay-per-view uh, for tonight. We got Monday Night Raw coming up tomorrow night. We'll we'll see if anything that happened tonight pays off. I'm really hoping we do get a payoff in the in the Charlotte match.
1: Oh, um, I think that's going to be the biggest fallout, that in the Jericho match. Jericho Ambrose, do you think it has to go farther than this? Uh... As far as well, him and Ambrose and Jericho facing off, no. But Ambrose going into maybe an AJ Styles. I don't know if we see that yet. Not yet, but it, it has possibilities.
0: Yeah. So um Yeah, I think that's our show. I think so too. We'll we'll have to we'll have to see what happens later on. Um anyway um, at whatever show on Twitter so if you want to you want to tweet us what uh, what your thoughts are on tonight's show um it's we're at what, whatever show uh, you can send us questions questions at whatever show uh, or yeah questions at whatever show.co no no questions at whatever. Co there's no show in there <laughs> see I don't usually do this Eddie usually does this and does this so um again obviously uh we're we're looking forward to Eddie coming back I, I think we're hoping to, to get another show out this weekend um, with him. Um, and, and and pick up our, our normal routine and stuff. Uh, I want to thank Ryan for sitting in with me tonight. This this show is actually kind of a clusterfuck because uh, we couldn't figure out how to get our equipment working for quite a while. We yeah. almost didn't do it. Um, and we're going to have Ryan back at some point as well because we got a lot of stuff to talk about that we didn't talk about tonight. Um, uh, there's I kind of made a decision after our last show um, that there's certain things when Eddie's not here, if I do a show that I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk about The Flash without Eddie because that's kind of one of the reasons why we started the show was 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 just talking about that um so and 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 some other things uh so um which doesn't mean that we can't have ryan come in and sit in when we do talk about those things sometime um you know just depends on on his schedule we usually do this on saturday nights this is on a sunday night because it was a spur of the moment thing uh and Ryan being in a band isn't always free on Saturday nights. No, not always. So. <laughs> but I would love to
1: be on this show whenever I could. It's a whole lot of fun for me because I don't normally get to talk sweaty nerd talk with the band because they're just, they're just not that.
0: Yeah. Um, and tonight we went the pro wrestling route because um, I've talked about it a little bit throughout the show. Um, and then... Uh, but I know for a fact that uh, that Ryan's a, a big mark for the business as much as I am um, and it's, it's fun for me to be able to kind of nerd out in a different way than I normally do uh, so thanks for bearing with us this week um, I'm Matt I'm Ryan thank you very much have a good night